Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Thursday afternoon, I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, on AM 1600, KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. 550-5500 is the number to call. D-Dad must get to my left. We've got an abbreviated show uh, here this afternoon. Uh, we'll be wrapping up at uh, 6 p.m. Uh, tonight, and Greg Zanetti will be in for hour number two. Excited about that, and... Uh, D. Dowd Musco, we got to talk about Hollywood uh, on the eve of this shutdown. And so many people are wondering what is going to happen tomorrow. We put it directly at our website. You can go to rockoftalk.com, click on the breaking news. And uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m., we will not carry it. I refuse to carry it. And uh, I can only imagine what is going to end up happening uh, tomorrow. A lot of you guys are trying to figure out. And I've got a few things in terms of what I think is going to happen. And I think it has to do with what's happening in good old El Paso. Not good, folks. Not good. Uh, Let me read this to you so that you guys understand what's happening. El Paso County has moved to a level orange. They're stating that it's safer at home, high-risk status on the state's dial. Now, yesterday we asked the question, and I think it was an important one in terms of We're one of the uh, slow-risk states. We've actually been doing a pretty good job, okay? And the Rock of Talk uh, really wants to know whether or not the governor should decide on further restrictions. And and, and here's here's what's going to happen tomorrow. It's likely going to be a circuit breaker. There's zero states right now in the southwest and New Mexico, of course, that are actually increasing in terms of the spread. Herd immunity has been built to a certain degree. Of course, hospitalizations are high, but the ratio of deaths to infections has also been slowing uh, considerably, but it's not going to stop Michelle Lujan Grisham doing what she's going to go ahead and do tomorrow. They are mums the word. People, my contacts inside the state agencies, inside the New Mexico Department of Health, have actually got total and complete silence. This is the first time they do not know what she is going to do. Wow. Normally, we have that stuff telegraphed. I'm able to tell you two, three, four days ahead of time. Unfortunately for tomorrow, I cannot tell you what is going to happen. Okay? I'm going to assume the worst and hope for the best. I'm going to assume the worst, and we're going to hope for the best at this time. This is what's happening in El Paso right now. In response to the recent increases in COVID-19 cases, test positivity, and hospitalizations, The Colorado Department of Health and the Environment notified El Paso County Wednesday that El Paso County is being required to move to level orange, safer at home, high risk in the state style framework. El Paso County has by 5 p.m. Friday to fully implement the changes. Quote, we greatly appreciate the efforts of El Paso County Public Health to implement a mitigation plan to reduce our COVID-19 numbers. Unfortunately, the data showing that our current level of restriction is not enough to stop the rise in cases and hospitalizations. And CDPHE has moved to El, moved El Paso County to a more restrictive level. This is concerning for our businesses and especially our restaurants. I'm hopeful with the cooperation of our residents, leadership in our health department, and commitment by our businesses that we can reverse the trend of COVID-19 infections quickly and return to a more open economy. As of November 10th, El Paso County metrics are as follows. Two-week incidents, 711.4. 
Two-week test positivity rate, 13.26%. Hospitalizations increasing over the past month. The Pikes Peak region has experienced a significant rise in COVID-19 cases, as well as hospitalizations. The Centura Penrose St. Francis is working to ensure that we have what we need to do. In-person, preschool through 12, in-person hybrid as remote as appropriate. We've already talked about Rio Rancho and Santa Fe schools shutting down November 20th. Higher education, in-person hybrid or remote as appropriate. Places of worship under federal court order. Capacity limits do not currently apply to indoor places of worship. Those social distancing requirements must be met. Six feet of social distance must be maintained. Expect those to shut down. Restaurants, indoors 25% capacity or up to 50 people. Expect those to be used significantly reduced. Maybe no indoor capacity whatsoever. Six feet between parties. Offices, 25% capacity only. Bars closed unless all patrons are seated at tables. Space six feet apart. Gyms, fitnesses, 25% capacity up to 25 people total for any gym indoors. Group sports, virtual or outdoors in groups, less than 10, no more than 10. <laughs> Retail, 25% capacity. Personal services, 25% capacity. Indoor events, unseated, 25% or up to 50 people max. Max. Outdoor events, unseated, 25% or up to 75 people max. There you go. That's the public health order coming from El Paso County. You need to understand what is going to happen tomorrow. Preview of coming attractions. Exactly. And that is going to continue until the end of the year. It is simple as that, as straightforward as that. No gatherings. They're going to come down on your Thanksgiving. They're going to come down on your Hanukkah. They're going to come down on your Kwanzaa. They're going to come down on your Christmas. And they're going to come down on your New Year's. Okay? This is your notice here on this Thursday, November the 12th. Do whatever you can to go ahead and prepare yourself because come Monday, it is a brand new world. Okay, love to talk about the election, love to talk about all that kind of stuff, but we've got real life happening amongst us, and it is going to be a lockdown that is coming by way of your governor. It is simple as that. Five fifty fifty five hundred. That's five fifty fifty five hundred. Doubt I know. Yesterday we had wanted to talk a little bit more about the Santa Fe uh, uh, County Schools. Yep, and they are markedly doing worse. Yes. The students, the teachers, and they have decided to shut down at least for the the rest of the year, but quite possibly for the remainder of the school year all the way until May. Yeah, they won't even know until January 8th uh, whether they're going to have their, their spring semester. But, I mean, the numbers on failures, Eddie, are unbelievable. And when you have people in the district, you know, educrats, as we call them in the school choice movement, saying our students are just struggling in general, especially those uh, uh, those who need that interaction and the direction in, direct instruction in person, here's the, the failure rate in Santa Fe. And this is by the Liberal Daily newspaper up there. Uh, the number of f- failing grades issued to Santa Fe public school students for the first quarter of 2020-21 uh, has ballooned from the same period the previous year. Uh, the school district had 38.2% of students from third grade through the 12th grade fail one or more subject or classes to start the school year, a 15.6% increase from the opening quarter of the previous year. Overall, 3,306 students in the district had at least one failing grade in a class or subject, 1,300 more than last year. That's what you're looking at, folks. Scary stuff. Uh, the city's two public high schools, uh, Capital and Santa Fe High, together had 57.4% of students with at least one F. Uh, Santa Fe High saw failing grades for sophomores rise by 22%. Uh, equally concerning was the district's senior class, presumably you know, in high school, mature, 
uh, which saw 345 of its 727 students with at least one failing grade. Uh, that is uh, a wise man a number of months ago said uh, hybrid learning is not education. Uh, now you don't even have hybrid learning. We're, we're, we're locking down even hybrid learning. And uh, that's your, your governor and your school districts, ladies and gentlemen, here in the state of New Mexico. And I'll give Albuquerque, the Albuquerque Journal editorial, uh, a couple about a week ago credit. Uh, they listed a uh, number of countries where kids are right back at school. And we are one of only, I think, seven states remaining that have either hybrid learning or, or completely prohibited uh, in-class learning. And that's, uh, that's your leadership. I think another wise man once talked about the lack of leadership in this state. All right, so the information that I was reading was from El Paso, Texas. So that was El Paso County and El Paso, Texas. So I'm not sure where the discrepancy was, I guess because I, I mentioned uh, Colorado there for a moment. But, uh, folks, you guys need to understand this is what is happening, okay? And we have a shutdown of schools already happening. In Santa Fe right now, They're you know what they're doing? And this is ridiculous. Have you seen these dining domes? <laughs> yeah. The, the domes. They're yes. literally creating dining yeah. domes. Like like Logan's Run or something. <laughs> it's so incredibly The domes can seat up to four people. You get to sit in a plastic yep. little dome so you can dine with your friends. You can be your own bubble restaurant. boy. <laughs> uh, the lawmakers themselves, by the way, they're split over having to have the 60-day legislative session. They are not going to be doing it in person. They're looking at the, what, what did we mention yesterday? Convention Center, I think. Yeah. Santa Fe Convention Center. Yep. Very interesting. So that's going to uh, end up happening uh, up in Santa Fe. A lot of things in store for us, folks. And how are we going to handle all of this tomorrow? Now, I'm going to be speaking with Kara uh, White right after the break. Okay, we're going to get a quick uh, rundown of what's happening. Because in the midst of all this, what's happening? What are these legislators doing in our city council? What are our city council members doing? They're actually trying to increase the sick leave act, believe it or not. <laughs> for the fourth time. Is this the fourth time that we've actually gone so. through? Yeah, yeah. Four times. At I'm going to be third. talking, yeah, and I'm going to be talking with uh with uh, Carol White about that because that is absolutely ridiculous. When these restaurants need your help and need the city council's help the most, what's happening? Well, they're having to fight against the uh Sick Leave Act, and that's really unfortunate. I cannot believe where we're at right now. I can't. And I'm having a hard time processing our Democrat-run legislature, our Democrat-run city council, and the Democrat domination here in the state, because it's not going to improve anytime soon. We'll be back to check on weather and traffic with Rudy Grande right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. That's rockoftalk.com. Greg Zanetti, hour number two. So, the general, the general. I'm not looking forward to tomorrow. I know you're not either. And uh, i got to tell you, we've been hard at it. Guess how many hours we've been broadcasting over the last two weeks. And Dowd has been hard at work at www.rockoftalk.chat. He's got all the annotations. He's got an article, which we're going to talk about after we talk with Carl White about Hollywood. We'll do that. Uh, and if you haven't joined yet, now's the time to go ahead and join. We're nearly past 100 subscribers. We want to get to 10,000. Every single one of you out there, go ahead and subscribe. It's free right up until Wednesday. All the notes, all the research, all the annotation that Dowd and I put together each and every day. 418, back in four. The market is flooded with health supplements that claim benefits in memory, but virtually none offer credible evidence with their products working until now. 
Memory Revitalizer, 800-606-0192. This potent natural formula was invented by a neuroscientist and physician. Memory Revitalizer gives robust stamina. It has been used in an Alzheimer's clinic for 18 years. It is safe. It does not interact with other prescription drugs. Two large blinded studies confirm the benefits in memory capacity. Customers say it's wonderful. It works. It's essential. Buy it from Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, and other independent pharmacies. Or purchase it from Moses Country Store and other independent health stores. Or go to MemoryRevitalizer.com. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. MemoryRevitalizer.com or 800-606-0192. Looking for a full-service landscaping company that can design, build, and maintain your landscape? True West Landscape is the company for you. Whether you are a property manager or homeowner looking for that quality weekly service, True West is here to help. Contact the True West team of professionals today so we can show you our quality service options at 505-395-7770, 505-395-7770, or visit online at truewestgroup.com. Hi, I'm Ben Lucero, president and owner of Indigo Mortgage. In the society we're in today, COVID-19 is on the top of all of our minds, and rightly so. But we can also look at the bright side of life, like God still loves us and He loves our families, along with giving us an opportunity like no other to spend time together without the busyness of life. At Indigo Mortgage, we believe in helping families, and we're blessed to be considered an essential business by the government. So we are able to continue helping clients and their families, either by refinancing to a better rate or by helping fulfill their new home purchase. Although we cannot meet face-to-face, we have a full staff available by phone, email, or you can complete an application on our website. Indigo Mortgage is honored to be part of this community, and we're here to help. Contact Indigo Mortgage today, 836-5700. That's 836-5700, or on the net at indigomortgage.net. NMLS 23-1962 and 188-348, and may God bless you. Raw Greens on San Mateo, north of Manal. Come into Raw Greens, all-natural CBD and hemp products for anxiety, stress, sore muscles. Raw Greens topical creams, tinctures, and pet products. Raw Greens, online, cbd.theplaceilike.com. I don't know how to tell time, but I know it's sunny side up o'clock. The pineapple coconut waffle at sunny side up. It's a whole wheat pancake filled with diced pineapples, toasted coconut, and homemade vanilla cream sauce. Go to sunny.theplaceilike.com. Attention, attention. 82 Guns and Glock salute the veterans of New Mexico by offering reduced blue label pricing on all Glock blue label handguns from Memorial Day to Veterans Day. 82 Guns is the largest stocking blue label dealer in the state and is the only woman veteran owned firearm store in Albuquerque. For details, come into the store in the Riverside Plaza just north of Montano and Coors at 82guns.com or call 899-1144. That's 899-1144. Do you believe the U.S. can run trillion-dollar deficits forever without consequence? Do you believe our politicians have any incentive to rein in spending? Do you believe the stock and bond markets are on solid ground? If you don't, and if you believe something's wrong, but you also believe there will be an opportunity as things change, then call Greg Zanetti at Zanetti Financial. He's been helping people with their investments since 1986. He sees the investment world through a clear lens. He gets it. No annuities, no insurance, no investor profiles. The goal is to make you money. Call Greg today at 250-3754 or visit him at ZanettiFinancial.com. 
All right, time to put things together. And we're going to start with the weather. Just a great-looking weekend coming, mid-60s, they tell us. I know right now it's 66 degrees at uh, Cottonwood. At uh, Windrock, it is 59 and 56 at the Rock of Talk. All right, a little bit of problem here. I-25 southbound west, uh, I'm sorry, from Osuna to Comanche. Looks like that's just going to be under 40 miles an hour. Typical crowd. But Alameda, a little unnerving. We've got construction. Alameda westbound between I-25 and Jefferson. So budget in a little extra time there. And if you're on the 528th, Pat Diarco, southbound, under 20 miles an hour, high resort to southern, but at least no accidents in the way. And this traffic report is brought to you by Sunnyside Up, where dine-in is yours to satisfy your cravings with tasty meals. And they know with the holidays coming up, you may want to get some gift cards. Buy $50 in gift cards in any denomination you'd like, and you'll get a $10 gift certificate that you can use yourself before the end of January. Great deal. And that's all at Sunnyside Up. They are on uh, Manal at Louisiana. All right, if you'd like more, uh, I'm sorry, with that we are up to date. Now, let's dive back into the Rock of Talk. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. 422 here in Akiva on AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. Here with the New Mexico Restaurant Association President, Carol White, here in the Akiva. And, uh, well, of course, we've got the news uh, coming from the governor. But let's just focus uh, for a moment on Monday and something else that's happening in the city council. Carol White wanted to get the uh, word out. And uh, whether we're driving up and down Knob Hill, whether we're... Uh, Visiting uh, the North Valley, I mean, restaurants everywhere are suffering, and they're having a very difficult time. And, you know, to add an insult to injury, the city council wants to turn the screws. Carol White, good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine, Eddie. Hang in there. Well, that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't sound like I'm really fine. What, what's going on at the city council? And uh, this is something that you have anticipated for some time. You knew that they were going to come back. Yeah, they threatened this, and this is, uh, again, you know, I think this is the fourth time that the city council and the uh, folks in the city have have tried to put forth a uh, sick leave bill. And, uh, you know, it, it just strikes me that they are not living in the same nightmare that we're living in, and and for them to decide that this is a time to put forth a, Another burden on businesses is just crazy. You know, we're not even open at 100%. We don't have, I mean, in my industry, there's 25,000 people out of jobs right now. In New Mexico, there's 100,000 people out of jobs. And city council brings up something like this that's just, um, it's, it's beyond me what, what they're thinking. The threat to restaurants is certainly existential. On a number of fronts, obviously the governor and then obviously the fact that people are a little bit afraid to go out. Uh, there's that, that group of people out there that are going to make sure that the whole storm passes. And then, then you have these policies. You say that they're not even in the same mindset or in the, in the same room at, at, at this point. Tell us what's happening with your restaurants um, right now. I know you represent 3,500 of them uh, throughout the state, but i got to imagine the mindset is, is not that bright. You know, it's really not. Um, there's a lot of anxiety. You know, there's anxiety about what the governor is going to announce tomorrow. And we, um, what we've heard is that she's not going to change anything for restaurants. But that certainly doesn't help restaurants at 25% where we've been for most of the year. Um, that's not making it in restaurants. And I certainly appreciate everybody in your audience and everybody who's taking uh, 
to go and delivery and all of those things to keep those restaurants working. But um, still, again, we only have um, some of our employees back and we can't put everybody back to work until we get open at 100%. Getting back to 100%, do you see that happening within the next year? Certainly the governor has alluded to a little bit of foreshadowing, say it's going to be another nine months. We're talking about next summer, next fall, September. What's your feeling and uh, how will the restaurants uh, be able to go ahead and, and deal with that? Well, my feeling is is that until we get a, a vaccine, we probably won't be open at 100%. But you have to understand that New Mexico is the most closed-down state in the nation. Yep. Um, you know, we're, we're at 25%. The only other state that's at 25% is New Jersey. Every other state is open at 50% or more. And it should be said, Carol, that uh, the Democrat Governors Association president is Phil Murphy, who is the governor of New Jersey, and the vice president or the second-in-command vice chairman is uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. Maybe that's not a coincidence. It's very interesting. It is, uh, certainly. that We're speaking with Carol White with the New Mexico Restaurant Association. She's got something important that uh, you guys need to go ahead and text, and we want you to all text this so you can stay up to date with what's happening. How can people stay up to date with what's happening with the restaurant tours and specifically with the city council on Monday? So what's happening is that they are going to vote on this sick leave. Um, they've, they introduced it at last Monday's um, council meeting and I, you know, early November, um, and they are going to vote on it on the 16th. So um, I think it's really imperative that everybody text jobless to 52886. That's jobless, one word, to 52886. That will allow you to quickly send a message to the city councilors via email. And the more of those we have and the more people that are are making noise with the city council, the better off we are. They, there's two other things that you can do is on Friday at 3 o'clock, they, were, they will put a link to speak at the city council meeting. And we believe they're going to limit that to the first 15 people. And so be there at 3 o'clock on that link at the cabq.gov. Um, and then on Monday, um, be on the Zoom meeting because it really does make a difference if we're there and if we're watching them make their decisions. Let's talk about the bottom line for these restaurants. What does sick leave if it passes? What does it mean for the bottom line uh, for those restaurants? They've already been inundated. They've been renting shelters. They've been renting tents. Uh, they've been augmenting uh, their you know, environments. Um, for the summer, and then we had a lot of heat going all the way through October, probably the warmest season that we've ever had uh, going into October. wish we would have had the uh, balloon fiesta. But, Carol, I have to ask you, um, what does this mean for the bottom line? If this were to pass at this point, uh, what does this mean for any restaurant? If we don't get federal relief, um, we just did a survey of our members that showed that 30% of restaurants have three months to survive without federal relief, and another 30% only have six months to survive. You know, it's, it's, I talked to a restaurant yesterday, and they said they, they have lost 200% since they reopened. And that's a bottom line you can't sustain. You know, um, they've mortgaged their home. It's, it's just crazy what people are having to do right now 
just to stay open and um and one guy even said, you know, I would shut my restaurant, but I've got managers that need the job. And so, I mean, that's wow. the kind of folks we have in this industry is they really do think about the people that are working for them. And they're they're working it so that those people have jobs. So much self-sacrificing going on. It just doesn't seem that any of that sacrifice is coming from state workers or even our politicians at this point. Carol, I know this has been an absolutely brutal year uh, for you and your association and the restaurants uh, out there. And we want to go ahead and get people to donate and become involved with the New Mexico Restaurant Association. I've been proud to be affiliated with you guys for the last four or five years. Thank you, of course, uh, for having me as your MC at a couple of, uh, of events. But, you know, how can people donate and get involved with these restaurants? Besides patronizing them, they can get involved directly with you. How do they do so? Well, we have the Serving New Mexico Fund, which is an employee assistance fund for New Mexico restaurant workers, and um, that's on our website, nmrestaurants.org, under education, and it's just the Serving New Mexico Fund. You can donate to that, and it is a charitable donation. There you go. Carol White, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate it. Back after a quick break uh, here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. Ready for some adventure? Then explore our new array of Lear's superior camper shells and tonneau covers at Smith's Ultimate Linings. Fiberglass base rails, trimless edges, DuPont automotive finish. Enjoy safety and superior advantages Lear offers. We'll even take $100 off with a purchase of a shell and liner. Visit our website at smithsultimate.com or call us at 505-332-1403 to begin your journey today with Smith's Ultimate Linings. A burglary takes place in the United States approximately every 15 seconds. International Protective Service is your answer for commercial and residential security in all of Albuquerque. IPS will work with your monitoring company for fast, reliable response times. You can rest easy knowing you, your family, or your company is watched over by International Protective Service. Call International Protective Service today or visit us on the web at internationalprotectiveservice.com. Attention, attention. 82 Guns and Glock salute the veterans of New Mexico by offering reduced blue label pricing on all Glock blue label handguns from Memorial Day to Veterans Day. 82 Guns is the largest stocking blue label dealer in the state and is the only woman veteran owned firearm store in Albuquerque. For details, come into the store in the Riverside Plaza just north of Montano and Coors at 82guns.com or call 899-1144. That's 899-1144. In our increasingly busy world, it is always nice to take a little time to sit down and relax. At Monty's Cigar Shop, we offer everything to help you do just that. There's nothing better than spending time smoking a great premium cigar with family and friends. Monty specializes in artisanal, hand-rolled cigars that make up just 2% of the worldwide cigar market. With over 2,000 different kinds of the absolute best cigars for you to choose from, you are guaranteed to find the perfect fit. Whether you've been smoking cigars for years or you're just starting out, we'll find the right cigar for you. Stop by and see us at 3636 San Mateo in Albuquerque or give us a call at 505-881-7999. That's 505-881-7999. Maintaining your cutting equipment is essential to the longevity of your tools and the quality of your product. Whether you're a woodworking professional, metalworking professional, hobbyist, or you just need a new edge on your kitchen knives or gardening tools, trust the sharpening experts at Precision Sharpening to help keep your tools in excellent condition. 884-8229, 884-8229. 
This week can be your best week, the week when you get onto a better path with your money. Call me, Tom Crow, at Crow Financial Advisors to give your nest egg the attention it deserves. 243-2281 or visit crowaboutmoney.com. Le Chantilly Fine Pastries in the Hoffmantown Shopping Center now has freezer-to-oven meals that feed four to five people. Green chili chicken cheese enchiladas. Green chili cheese mac and cheese is yours with or without bacon. Oh, and don't forget the pastries. Go to cake.theplacelike.com. This is Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Glad to be here with you to help your business. And right now, businesses are in desperate need of cash flow. Many businesses aren't going to make it through this crisis without a solution. Michael Trujillo has that solution. Host of Your Money Matters, 1130 a.m. on Saturday. Michael, how can you help these businesses get cash flow today? Well, Eddie, all they have to do is pick up the phone, give us a call, and we can help them with that cash flow because we have many different federal programs that businesses can qualify for. But more importantly, we also have over a hundred lenders on hand ready to go ahead and provide these loans to businesses so that they can continue when we are open again for business. Let's help your small business today, folks. If you own a car dealership, commercial real estate, you have a restaurant, how about a funeral home, software development firms, engineering firm, plumbing and heating, you name it, Michael can help you. 856-1171. or you can email him directly, Michael at MichaelTrujillo.com. That's Michael at MichaelTrujillo.com. All right, time to put things together, starting with the weather. Good-looking weekend coming our way with mid-60s for a high. It's been a great week all the way around, actually. 58 degrees now in Corrales. It's 50 in Tijeras, and they'll go down to about 31 tonight, so it'll be crisp and cold out there. 56 now at the Rock of Talk. All right, I-25 still suffering southbound between Osuna and Comanche. The only good news is no accidents or stalls. A lot of folks are using Jefferson as an alternative. That's a nice end of that neck between 25 and Montgomery. But today, that's pretty well sold out. So stick with the freeway. And looks like Coors Road's getting into its typical slowdown from Montano Plaza south on Coors Road to Montano itself. This traffic report brought to you by Monte Cigar Shop. They're on San Mateo, just north of Comanche. And they got the biggest humidor in the southwest. What is the difference between just cigars and a place that has a great humidor? It keeps the cigars temperature controlled and that means you can have more cigars a bigger selection and lots of blends and prices to meet every cigar aficionado plus if you're into pipes they have the tobacco and classy pipes as accessories that you can choose from as well monte cigar shop san mateo just north of comanche and they we thank you for your sponsorship here on the rock of talk and with that we are up to date let's go back now to the rock of talk albuquerque's macro aggression eddie aragon the rock of talk all right 437 here in the kiva good interview there with uh carol white appreciate uh, her very much and well it doesn't look good folks so we're all gearing down for tomorrow and i do mean gearing down expect the shutdown it's coming Dowd has been working hard on exposing what's happening in the New Mexico film industry, and it, it isn't good, Dowd. No. We continue to hand out money, hand over fist, uh, to the likes of Tom Hanks. You can find out all about all this entire story at www.rockoftalk.chat. Dowd is very busy in that room. He's very busy. He Working wants, in it right now. <laughs> he wants you to subscribe. He wants you to be involved. All his work, all our research is right there. All our annotations from yesterday's show, the day before show, it's all right there. Dowd is working hard at it. And uh, we've got the latest report on the Hollywood and the gift giving to the Hollywood types. 
yeah, uh, I, I, in this dark winter of, of, our, of our deep discontent and locally and nationally, I came across something uh, pleasant to think about. Uh, this was a quote from uh, Patty Lundstrom. She's a leading fiscal uh, lawmaker up there. She's uh, the chair of one of those, you know, whatever, whichever committee, I forget. Uh, key, key, key fiscal uh, lawmaker. And uh, Ms. Lundstrom, of course, very, very far left. Uh, Household Appropriations and Finance Chairwoman Patricia Lundstrom. She said that we may need to tighten up some of these ta- what are called tax expenditures in order to, quote, help educate. Well, does your program get cut or does my program get cut? And who for teacher unions, which are our number one constituency? It was very interesting. She said, uh, quote, all these tax expenditures, close quote, need to be looked at uh, in light of our fiscal situation. And it kind of may be telegraphing a little indication over to some of the leading industries that are uh, have their hands in the cookie jar, the public fisc in this state. And there's no industry that has takes more of your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, than film and television production. So uh, it was interesting to hear that quote from her. So I thought it was time to kind of delve back into the, the latest stats on, on where we are, on uh, what uh, some of our overlords in the state could call Chiliwood. Uh, the subsidization oh, of Hollywood. To, to Mollywood. To Bollywood, yes. Not necessarily the program itself, but a philosophy. The program has changed and manifested itself in various ways throughout the years. But the theory began under Eddie Aragon's favorite governor, Gary Johnson. Oh, um, <laughs> big, big libertarian who loved to hand checks to, Wall, uh, to, to Hollywood. Uh, vastly expanded under Bill Richardson, the governor, Democrat governor, came after him. Uh, the Republican governor, uh, Susan... Susanna Martinez kept the program in place and, of course, expanded again with Michelle Lujan Grisham, the, the Democrat. So it's been a bipartisan uh, failure, a massive bipartisan failure. Uh, and, in fact, don't ever come into, you know, don't ever enter into the equation in Santa Fe when it comes to this. I found a great quote in 2007. This was back when things were still sort of ratcheting up. The Gary Johnson kicked off things a little early, and then Bill Richardson came in and started to really direct the money. Quote, we had a very simple strategy, get ahead of every other state. Throw the kitchen sink at accommodating film companies, tax rebates, loans from the state, free state land, write-offs. Bill was not uh, being embarrassed by those comments. He was celebrating the fact that more and more of your tax dollars were being given to people like um, Tom Hanks. And uh, who's that girl who has the TV show here? Um, uh, She's very pretty. Uh, Her name will come to me. Uh, Tom Hanks, I think, isn't hurting. Steven Spielberg (laughs) isn't hurting. Uh, I don't think uh, 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 Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, she's I don't think she's really, really hurting. uh, But they come here to pick up checks from you right now. The the, the bulk of the the, what they call the incentive program, and it's it's, they mislabel it on on numerous levels. Um, Technically, it's called the film production tax credit. It's not. It's a refundable grant which covers eligible expenses incurred by Hollywood when they come out here uh, and they make purchases or they hire people, a small number of people for productions out here. Uh, Everything from feature films, television episodes, commercials, documentaries, animation, visual effects, post-production, you can pick up your check in the great state of New Mexico. Now, New Mexico was an early adopter when it came to this corporate welfare artifice, uh, I'm I'm sorry to say. Spaceports, you know, we, we we get out early on some of these really disastrous economic development policies, but lots of other states followed suit. So there's been a fair amount of research by uh, tax officials in states, legislative researchers, and even academia. And I tend to go to the, the sources that are not being paid for by state film offices because their research, you know, you got to be a little skeptical of that. Um, study by USC in 2016 found that New Mexico had spent... Oh, man, I remember this. We this, talked about this we at some about length this, in 2016. Uh, a few years ago. <laughs> we did, yeah. I remember And that. in fact, this research has been confirmed by further research by this, by this uh, professor at, at USC. Uh, by that time, New Mexico had spent $490 million on Hollywood uh, by 2016. Uh, we spent 
many millions more in the in the in the in that time. We're looking, ladies and gentlemen, the current fiscal year and the next four to come. This is hot off the presses from the uh, economic development bureaucracy itself. We are looking at spending four hundred and sixty-four million dollars of your money over the next five fiscal years, including the current one. So this current year and the next four, four hundred and sixty-four million. We're going to drop uh, on Hollywood producers and actors and actresses again. When you look at the number one metric by which we're said to judge whether this policy, this government policy, this economic development policy, is successful or unsuccessful, what do you hear more and more? Uh, I hear all the time, jobs, jobs. This is a job. So many New Mexicans, all these wonderful opportunities for our young people. They can stay in the state. <laughs> we have not had a net gain in jobs in motion picture and video production since 2008. 2008! Over That's 12 a decade. years ago. <laughs> Why are we decade. spending so much money on film? And the money continues to flow. We hit 2,389 jobs in Insane. motion pictures that year. We have never hit that mark again. It's gone up some years, it's gone down. Some years it's gone up some, bed goes up, bed goes down. Let's bring in Homer. Um, it, we've never eclipsed that figure. Uh, 11 years later, the final number came in for 2019. We have not eclipsed that figure and it's very very funny because when you look at 2200 jobs 2300 jobs i went on the bureau of labor statistics uh, website and just looked at just general jobs that you might just think of off up the top of your top of your head and thought well do these industries are these industries more important to new mexico in terms of job creation or, or are they not gas stations 7738 workers auto wow. dealerships 7695 workers food manufacturing plumbing and hvac contractors department stores accounting and bookkeeping services each, not collectively, each of those industries create more jobs and support more livelihoods and more families in this state than Hollywood does. And I don't think any of those industries have a governor's council. Uh, I don't think they have tens, if not hundreds of millions of dollars in subsidies given to them every year. Um, just, you know, interesting point. So we doubled down with MLG. We doubled down in 2019. We lifted yep. that cap. It was $50 million. We lifted it up to $110 million. We went. We went for the gusto down. That's our, our limit on how much we can give them per year. We paid off. We settled the score. We settled our old debts to Hollywood that we hadn't paid up uh, to that point, which was a huge chunk of money. And then what I call the, the rural payoff. Uh, an extra tax, uh, well, an extra grant was bestowed on any productions that were shot outside of the Albuquerque and Santa Fe area. So basically, uh, a number of Republicans in the Senate actually bought off on this, uh, just signed on to this, this wonderful fiscal conservatives. It's just when the, when the pork was coming to their communities, they were, they were all for it. They used to be against it. Uh, it, it was an extra 5% uh, for that grant credit going to places like, you know, any Clovis, Farmington, places, places that are, I think it was beyond 60 miles away from Albuquerque and Santa Fe. So not only, did New Mexico not walk away from this failed corporate welfare program like most states have? Most states have either cut theirs back or eliminated them entirely. Uh, New Mexico doubled down on this, and that's uh, where things stand in New Mexico with our subsidization of Hollywood. But Hollywood, you have been put on notice. Patty Lundstrom in the legislature says she wants to look at all what's called tax expenditures in order to, quote, help plug holes in education. That might be a not-too-subtle signal to Bel Air and uh, Malibu, hey guys, maybe the gravy train is over. Maybe we're going to fund our government schools instead of kicking you tons and tons of cash. Uh, can we I, afford this at this pace, <laughs> Dowd? Honestly, like I don't think we can afford to give Hollywood any more money. And people are boycotting Netflix and absolutely, Hulu absolutely. and Prime Video like in hordes. Yep, yep. And and again, it's not just the job creation. The, the studies have shown over and over again. Uh, transparency is very weak on this. Uh, I actually documented a claim they made to the legislature, the Economic Development Bureaucrats, that they had never 
independently verified all the claims that the uh, Hollywood was making in terms of how many people work on this production, how many hours were worked. They have to go in and claim the, the expenses that Hollywood wants its reimbursement for. That's, that goes to the tax and revenue department. But the PR people at the Economic Development Bureaucracy basically said, whatever Hollywood tells us in terms of how many people are employed in this, how many hours they work, we just use that in our press releases. We don't independently verify it. I mean, the transparency for this program has been... Just absolutely appalling. And more than anything else, the, this experiment, you know this experiment has failed. Uh, one indicator that was uh, found in, a, in, in Virginia, their Joint Legislative Audit and Review Commission, these are you know, impartial government researchers, you know, they don't care one way or the other. In the 15-year period between 2001 and 2016, the percentage of jobs in the movie and television industry in California and New York started out in, 20, in 2001, 69%. Fifteen years later, after literally billions of dollars, Georgia, New Mexico, uh, the Carolinas, uh, my home state of Connecticut, Louisiana, state after state after state poured billions of dollars into these subsidies, the percentage of people working in the motion picture uh, and television industry in California and New York had barely budged from 69 percent in 2001 to 67 percent in 2006. So states are not being have not proven to be very effective at setting up their own entertainment industry. And How many landings. states have run away from oh, uh, I mean, subsidizing I, the movie industry? Many, many, many. Every uh, single one. Uh, uh, almost Anybody all of them. who's even, like Michigan. Yep, or Michigan even, was a big example. Yeah, yep, like, yep. Uh, you know, they ran away from it. Yeah, you had Jeff Daniels out there cutting his ads, you know, come to Michigan and we'll give you a big check. You know, he's a native Michigander, I guess. Uh, Alaska cut its program. Connecticut, my home state, cut its program. Louisiana really dialed back its program. New Mexico not only didn't learn the lesson of the last 20 years, New Mexico has enhanced New Mexico has enhanced its subsidies to, to uh, Hollywood. And, folks, it's on your dime. Um, we, frankly, we don't even know how much you're money flows. You're paying for the movies. It's not your, just your subscription. That's right. It's That's everything t- else. <laughs> the ticket price. Not but, Netflix, not Peacock, not any of that. And, and don't forget, you're subsidizing the International Association of Theatrical and Stage Employees, the union here, Local 480. They are militantly pro-Democrat, pro-liberal. You're subsidizing those people. So many problems with this program, and MLG and her cronies think it's just fine. It is bad. It's breaking bad. It's (laughs) as bad as it can be. We continue to subsidize the film industry here in the state of New Mexico. 448 here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM. Thanks for the report. If you want to read the full report, correct, with all the links and everything, www.rockoftalk.chat www.rockoftalk.chat or go to rockoftalk.com, click on the breaking news button, and get connected. Become a subscriber. More than 100 subscribers. 100, uh, more than 250 subscribers uh, thus far. More Sweet. than 100 paying subscribers. Dowd could not be happier about <laughs> Thank all you the folks. work Thank that you. he's doing. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva. Here it is, fall in New Mexico, and the real estate market is different than past years. This year, we have fantastic interest rates, high buyer demand for homes, and we need more homes for sale on the market. Hello, this is Tracy Venturi of Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. If you're thinking of selling, let's talk about the seven reasons to sell now. If you're thinking of selling sometime, maybe even next spring, let's start the conversation. With the government pumping money into the economy, homes in forbearance, and higher unemployment, the market has many unknowns, so selling sooner than later might be a good decision. Do you also have a home you need to sell to buy? We have a solution for that too, including our guaranteed sale option or an instant offer. 
Call us now, Venturi Realty Group, 448-8888, and welcomehomeabq.com online. List your home for sale with us during October or November, and we'll cover the cost of a pre-inspection for the home. Call us at 448-8888, Venturi Realty Group of Keller Williams Realty. Dad, I think we're in deep doo-doo. Is that why everyone keeps buying all the toilet paper? Actually, New Mexico culture is rich. Plus, Monroe's has red chili, green chili, and the best customers in the world to go with it. Boy, Dad, you must really love our customers. I sure do, just like I love you, Stella. Hey, what about me? Of course you too, Ava. It's made Albuquerque famous, Breaking Bad and the Candy Lady, a national landmark and an old town anchor for almost 40 years. Right here at 424 San Felipe and on the web at CandyLady.com, a tribute to Breaking Bad and a spectacular taste sensation that you'll never find anywhere else. Bad credit? Need it fixed? At Credit Rescue, Inc., our services have been used by mortgage companies, banks, and auto dealerships to help people who have been turned down for credit. Don't spend the next 7 to 10 years as a victim of high interest. Remember, knowledge is power, and you now have a way to get back your credit worthiness. Bad credit can haunt people for years. Let's rescue your credit at Credit Rescue, Inc. Call me, Mike Ramos, to set up an appointment today at 505-899-1448. That's 899-1448. This is why people from all over go to JJ's Premier Tire and Services. This is Josefo from Santa Fe. I just blew a tire in my trailer. I was on my way to Albuquerque and I stopped at JJ's. So glad I did. The manager came over right away, quoted me an amazing price, and they had it in stock. No waiting. Within minutes, I had a new tire. Ready to go. I have a fleet of trucks and I've never received this kind of service from anybody. I'll be back. JJ's is your complete automotive repair center. From oil changes, brakes, alignment, air conditioning, to repairs on your engine to keep you safe on the road, JJ can do it. Hi, I'm JJ, and we've built our reputation on honest, fair-priced auto repair. And we can service any car, light truck, or SUV. When we service your vehicle, we'll do it right. Trust JJ's Premier Tire and Services on San Antonio, just west of Wyoming. Call 821-5771. That's 821-5771. Within moments of your vehicle being taken out of your possession due to theft, other crimes are committed. Unfortunately, vehicle theft is all too common, but it can be prevented with the Revelco Vehicle Anti-Theft Device. RevelcoNM.com or give us a call at 505-550-4994. Don't get caught unprepared to defend yourself. I'm Keith Cope with VigilantFirearms.com. We provide calm, safe, and effective training for concealed carry or any other gun training classes. VigilantFirearms.com, 312-0065. Life Spring at Salon Helena, Albuquerque's home for Kangen Water. Life springs from the water you drink. Alkaline water is healthy water. Change the water you drink. Change your life. We'll start with the weather. Looking really good this weekend. It's a It's going to be Coors Boulevard, right at Coors Bypass, as you head towards Cottonwood Mall. A wreck is taking up one of the middle lanes. This just came in, so get ready. That's going to start to cost you a little bit of time. You may want to try and set up a sale to the west side today. You may want to try Alameda. 
They did clear up the construction on Alameda westbound from the I-25 to Jefferson, so that drive has quickly recovered. And looks like I-25 southbound still up to its slow tricks right there from basically Osuna all the way to Comanche. You know, as you've been thinking about your folks and they've been, you know, with the COVID stuff, kind of getting a little bit lonely. Well, you know what? Amazing Grace Personal Care Services could be the answer you're looking for. This is companion care that Amazing Grace offers at reasonable rates. Household services, mobile assistance, meal preparation, cognitive assistance, amazing people ready to help your folks this uh, uh, right at the moment, not just in the holiday season, but throughout the year. Ready to help at Amazing Grace, just go to homecare.theplaceilike.com. All right, we're up to date. Now let's go back to the Rock of Talk. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the Rock All right, of Talk. 4.55 here in the Kiva. Thanks for being with us, uh, Good reporting, extensive reporting. More stuff coming from D. Dowd Muska. He's got a lot more. Can I tell uh, people how excited I am about Rockatalk.chat? Oh, 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 <laughs> I know. I, know you I are. mean, we're not just me. I mean, you know, we're gonna. We're, there are other people will be contributing. We've got the audio and video files. I mean, we've, we're going to be. You know, the annotation of the show with all the links that you folks need of the topics we the talk research. about. The research. So that people know where to go if they have a question. Everybody knows where to go and check it. And there you go. I mean, it's as easy as can be. I'm, I'm people, currently. Uh, people want to know. I'm currently updating. Uh, I inserted a picture on our posting about Peter Trevisani from uh, October 18th. Oh wow! I just uh, he's got his he's got his mask on with a T-shirt that says "United Against Racism." Oh, I found a good photo online. <clears throat> you know what I love about the Rock of Talk chat, the www.rockoftalk.chat. You know what I love about it that we can sing, we can play our music. <laughs> That's right. We can listen to the breaks. We can listen to our advertisers. We don't have to feel like we need to podcast it. We put the complete show, top to bottom, everything in there so that people can listen. You give me another week, I'm going to be posting pictures of my dog on this. <laughs> Do it. Do it. Everybody loves the uh, yeah, And plus all the uh, the great input. 550-5500. Let me read all your uh, texts, and then we'll hit the uh, 5 o'clock hour with uh, General Greg Zanetti. I gotta tell you, I love Greg Zanetti. I think he's sharp uh, guy. the sharpest, literally. Yep. Yep. Uh Eddie Judge orders segregated ballots should be not be counted. It if the uh Pennsylvania Secretary of State lacked statutory authority yep. to override election law. Yep, that's a big defeat the for Biden. State yep. has a Republican state legislator. What what's happening? Yeah. Uh Trump campaign has claimed victory. This is from the Federalist, and I I, I check fact check this myself. Uh, judge in Pennsylvania, the Keystone State, has ruled that ballots, uh, they still require proof of identification beyond six days post-election. I know this is, sounds crazy, but true. As outlined in Pennsylvania law. Wait a minute, the law should govern the election process in every state? I, I thought judges could do whatever they want. Uh, the Secretary of State, I suppose uh, she's not a friend of, of the president, submitted guidance just days before November 3rd that re- allowed voters missing proof of identification to cure, C-U-R-E, their mail-in ballots until November 12th, that's today, uh, the judge, uh, judge on this decision, the judge agreed with the Trump campaign and the RNC, Republican National Committee, arguing that she did not, the Secretary of State, did not have the ability to authorize a change in the identification deadline because state law, get this, ladies and gentlemen, state law did not permit it. It's almost like the rule of law still prevails in this country. I, I know we're supposed to overturn it for our glorious progressive future, but uh, big, big win for the Trump campaign, definitely. Um, national news, folks, about your uh, local politicians. Here it is. Scandals from the past could haunt a cabinet appointment 
for Michelle Lujan Grisham, reported by Morgan Phillips by Fox News. New Mexico Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, who co-chairs President-elect Joe Biden's transition team, is reportedly being considered to lead the Health and Human Services Department. A source close to Biden told Politico that governors are strong contenders for the job, and Grisham previously implemented a study looking to implementing a public option for health care at the state level, which is in line with Biden's push to create a one to create one at the federal level. And though she has a background in her state's Department of Health, controversies from her past may loom over a potential appointment. Even after the Obama hair, o- Obamacare virtually made such pro- programs obsolete, Dowd, yep. New Mexico can find to use a high-priced health insurance program for seriously ill patients. The state's high-risk pool remains open. Grisham and Armstrong deny pressuring any state officials to keep the near-obsolete program intact. Grisham sold her 50% stake back in 2018, but it could prevent her federal appointment. The revenge of Delta Consulting may cost Shelley her job on the Potomac. Oh, <laughs> oh. good stuff. That is, uh, that, good, good for Fox for reporting. That's actual news and actual facts. You know, we, we've all, we're all taking shots at the media lately, but this is a very legitimate story. All right, www.rockoftalk.chat, www.rockoftalk.chat. Back after the top of the hour USA Network news. Thanks for listening here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. K229CL 93.7 FM and AM In the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour here on a Friday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk on AM 1600, KIVA, 93.7 FM, the web, the app, rockoftalk.com. Here with one of my favorite guys, Mr. Greg Zanetti here in the Kiva. Greg, uh, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. That is a great bumper song to lead. That's a great bumper song to lead into this segment because you know, I used to rule the world 
I think it was Jim Rogers recently said, if I were king of the world, I'd resign. <laughs> Most people don't think like that right now. They want to control everything and, you know, who can you trust? And that's what that song is all about. I love that song. We're here to put our capper on the entire week and yeah. have some perspective. Uh, I've been uh, remaining resoundingly positive for people. But let's step away from the news and let's just kind of, uh, you know, bring into the conversation the zeitgeist, uh, the epoch, the situation that we find ourselves in, because perspective is the first thing that we lose when emotion is inserted. And as you're hearing, there's people who are weeping, people who are angry. You know, they're leaving it all out on the line. And a lot of uh, Trump supporters, uh, too, they continue to stand uh, steadfast and resolute, especially those listeners here of the Kiva. But there's a few who are kind of feeling a little bit hopeless. So let's give them something to feel good about and uh, realize there's nothing new under the sun. Well, I agree with you. I I believe Trump is going to win this thing. Now, the consequences of that we'll see because we always look for parallels here. Is there something in history that looks like something today and what happened then will that translate forward to today what can we draw from and eddie i'm going to take you back let's see those 1924 years to 96 a.d and there was a fairly obscure roman emperor and his name was marcus crocius nerva and you have probably never heard of this guy and you shouldn't in all respects, he was unremarkable. He never served in the military. He was a career bureaucrat. He has nothing of accomplishment. And yet, he was installed as the emperor on September 18th. Now, that date's not necessarily important, except that that morning, the, the current emperor had been murdered. <laughs> and so, they had this Nerva guy ready to be ushered in to become the emperor. And... He was a little bit like Joe Biden. He was frail. He was old. He was sick. He, he was a career politician with really very little to, to show for a, career, for a lifetime of work. And he entered this office as clearly the puppet of a deep state. I mean, whoever had the power to kill the emperor and then usher in whomever they wanted, you think, well, <laughs> this looks a lot like the Democrat Party today. I mean, they haven't murdered anybody, but... They're clearly trying to... Whoa, whoa. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. good point. All right, Remember well, the <laughs> listeners you have here in the Kiva. Good point. Yeah, they're, right. they're paying attention. All right, they, they have not murdered President Trump <laughs> to usher in Biden, but politically they've done everything they can to, to do that. Meanwhile, in the broader picture of Rome, what, what were we looking at? Well, the previous 30 years since Nero had been a disaster. One... Failed military expedition after another. The treasury was running dry. The the debts were growing like crazy. Rome was slowly going bankrupt. The currency was being debased. And all of the principles that had founded the empire were eroding the way. And yet it was these principles that had made Rome so powerful and so prosperous. And really at its core, the core values of Rome, integrity, civic-mindedness, hard work, this was all giving way to corruption and entitlement. Does this sound familiar? Oh, yeah. 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 So, anyway, here comes Entitlement. Nervous. Oh, yeah. You know what uh, is also involved in that same mentality with entitlement? Hubris. Oh, Thinking yeah. that you deserve it, and there's no way it could not be true. In fact, I believe that one Hillary Clinton, Clinton is still suffering from that. Uh, yeah. In fact, it's interesting you bring that up. One of the marks of an, emperor, or an empire in decline is always the hubris. It's the pride. It's the, 
the rules of nature, the rules of finance, the rules of how we treat each other, they don't apply to me and that we're different. We are Rome. We are set apart. Well, every, every empire thinks that and, and they think it's, it's permanent. Meanwhile, underneath the surface, you know what's going on. Economic mismanagement is the obvious one. I mean, there's always the belief that they are, the empire is immune from the laws of finance and you can spend whatever you want. And all you have to do is raise taxes and people will continue to work and they will continue to give to the emperor, emperor no matter how corrupt it is. The other consequence is always military overreach, where you think you can just conquer and conquer and conquer. Whether it's internally or externally, it can be done by force. And what you just said, yes, it, it can be done internally through intimidation and, yes, yes murder. <laughs> so what eventually happens is society turns on itself. Yeah. And you get two things that come together at the same time. You get an economic decline uh, oftentimes severe, accompanied with social rage. And people don't know who to lash out at, so they lash out at each other. And again, this is what was happening during the time of Nerva, when he was taking over. And so if you, do, if you look at it today, if you look at the United States, where are we? Well, we're in a very similar situation to Rome during that time in that it's been decades in the making of an erosion of our finances. To say that President Trump is responsible for the rising debts, well, yeah, and his watch he is, and COVID sure didn't help. But we planted the seeds for this. I mean, certainly as far back as LBJ, and if you really want to go back, you, you could look at FDR and even the beginning of the Federal Reserve back in 1913. This, this rolling debt that has been ever-increasing to where we're now $27 trillion in debt, and we're at the point where... If President Trump is elected, well, all right, we'll add $3 trillion to the debt next year. If Biden ends up winning, it'll be $5 trillion in debt. So are, are, are we going to go over this fiscal cliff at 80 miles an hour or 120 miles an hour? I, I don't know. We're about to find out. But remember, even in 2019 and 2018, when the economy was firing at all cylinders, we had we. President Trump had cut the regulations. Taxes had been cut. We were stimulating the economy. We had redone the trade agreements, which were more than in our favor. All of these things were going for us, and we were still running trillion-dollar deficits. Well, now comes COVID, and you know, off we go even further, and we've talked about this. Both Republicans and Democrats have raised the white flag on the debts and the deficit. Where the debate now is, do we stimulate with $2 trillion or $3 trillion, you know, when we find out who's been elected. What, what happened back in Roman times when they were trying to stimulate the economy? How did they do that? Was that the, the bread and circuses? The, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how they would do it. We're, we're trying to do it in, with literally printing money. Well, what they would do is they would call in all the old currency. And so at the beginning of the Roman Empire, the coins were you know, close to 90% silver. And the gold was, you know, over 90% real gold. And you always have to put some base metals in it to, to make a coin durable. But then you'll notice in the middle of the empire, the coinage starts to become debased. They're adding bronze to the gold. They're adding tin to the silver. And then every time they want to stimulate the economy, every time they want to create inflation, when they want to raise prices, raise wages, raise entitlements, you call in all the old money. You melt it down. Then you add in the base metals. And then you reissue the coinage, the new coins with the new emperor on it and the new better currency. 
and yet it becomes ever more debased. And at the end of the empire, <laughs> basically you've got slugs and that, that there's no precious metals content in it, in it at all. And you can really mark where an empire is based on its money. And so today we have the electronic version. You don't have to call it in. Although right, apparently we're calling in coins now because there's coin shortages all over the country. So what do we do? Well, we're not issuing new dollars right now, but we are debasing them and we're just issuing digits. We're far more efficient than the Romans ever were. And of course the plan is if the Democrats get into office, is they truly believe there are no consequences to any of this. And you talked a minute ago about arrogance. It is an arrogance that will end up rewarding the very, very wealthy. Inflation always rewards the wealthy because they own the assets. They own things that can't be printed. They own the land. They own the mining companies or the mining. They own the food. They own stuff that people must have. And meanwhile, people who end up with just the currency, whatever it is, end up finding it buying less and less and less. And so what happens is you get this gap between the uber-wealthy and the poor. And this is where your social anger comes up. And what the leaders are any time are capable of doing is directing that anger across the board in the horizontal. Oh, it's going poorly, not because of we politicians who are messing it all up or because of us. It's because of, you know, the, the foreigners who are coming into the country or because of the people who voted this way and not that way. And the society turns on itself and they will claim it's racial or cultural or societal at its basis, almost always economic. Right. That there is, there's a sense of injustice. Something just is going sounds wrong. like we're talking about everything today. Well, yeah, and it is. People, if you're a millennial or a Gen Z or a Gen X, and you're looking out there saying, "Wait, how is this?" I know there's stories about American capitalism and enterprise and ingenuity. Look what we can do, and you can pull yourself up and get to the top. And here they are, you know, working three jobs and wondering how Jeff Bezos is getting so rich and how the government always seems to have enough money and government workers are always doing just fine, but me over here, I'm falling further and further behind. And so what, what we've seen is the leaders then create the enemy, the boogeyman. And typically, it is somebody you know. And the, the, you start to blame <laughs> history. Blame the Jews. Uh, you know, blame the people who just, who just immigrated from Germany, the Saxons or whomever. But we create an enemy so that you do not have to focus on the policy decisions at the top that are enriching those at the top. And this plays out history over and over and over again. And this is actually exactly what we're seeing now. Can and you tell me when the last time we saw something like this, I would imagine that this would be probably, you know, when we go back to those 80 years, would this be about the time uh, Napoleon? Uh, that's probably the first time that I can... Uh, think about that. Are we thinking about like sometime during the Renaissance where we've seen something similar? Yeah. In fact, it's interesting you bring up that you're really at the time of the French Revolution. And this is the kind of anger that grew up and out of it. And there are actually two very famous scandals that occurred at the time in the financial markets. And, you know, this goes back to Louis XIV and Louis XV. XIV has spent all this money on these wars. They, everybody was in debt, so on and so forth. The gap between the rich and the poor had become so huge. And the stories of, you know, let them eat cake, which who knows if that was even ever a true story. But it was enough to enrage people enough that 
The French Revolution was far different than ours. It was it was bloody and it was brutal and actually France has never been the same because the people turned on each other. Here in the United States, we didn't have a revolution like that. Ours was far more idealistic. Ours was looking at the rights and the liberties of men and this is what we were going to strive to something higher. In France, it was the reverse. Let's get them and chop their heads off for what they've done to us. Well, this is the kind of thing that must be arrested. You, you have to stop this kind of thinking. And we, we talked about this, you know, I think, you know, 10 days ago. About, I call it the Titanic philosophy, where when the Titanic hit the iceberg, they determined they were going to save the rich people. And so they lowered ships down half full, you know, so the rich weren't inconvenienced. Right. Well, they held the, you know, the lower class passengers down with the point of a revolver. And the statistics bear it out. I mean, overwhelmingly, the people who died on the Titanic were the poor. Well, okay, I mean, you can do that, but when you stop seeing people as people with souls, and some people are more valuable than others, and we will reward them but not reward them, your, your society's in trouble. And we're doing something very similar today. Uh, you see what's happened with COVID. Who did we reward? Well, here in this state, we, we had a governor who was very determined to reward Walmart and Lowe's and Home Depot and all the big guys at the expense of the small business and, you know, middle class people. So unless you were a government worker, you know, you've been really struggling through this COVID thing. If you're a government worker, you're thinking, well, you know, this hasn't been so bad. I haven't had to go to work. I'm still getting my paycheck. I'm doing okay. And, my, and then you rationalize it. My governor is saving me. Well, I guess I mean, anytime you talk to somebody and they say, oh, the governor's doing a great job. She's just, she's saving the state. She's thinking about our health. Ask the one question. Do you work for government? And if they say no, say, <laughs> are, you, are you getting a government check? Yes. If you, correct. <laughs> yeah. it, and you will know immediately. Meanwhile, if you say, no, I'm not working for government, and she's killing me. It, there's our divide. Yeah. So, anyway. It is a, uh, is, uh, one of those continental divides in terms of the way which the, uh, the water flows right and left, and that, that's just uh, outside of Grant's about uh, 20 miles, and it seemingly is the one thing that's right here through the middle of our state. We're here with uh, Greg Zanetti, Zanetti Financial. As always, we offer a lot of perspective when he's on right here in the Kiva, and uh, we thank him uh, for his time when he comes on here. Let's continue. Okay, so let's see. The growing, growing rage. So who's really fomenting the rage? It is coming from the left. I mean, nobody was worried if... Biden was going to win, the conservatives were going to go out and, and break windows. That, that never crossed anybody's mind. It was only if Trump wins. And by the way, that's still the fear now. It's this extortion from the left. If we don't get our way, we will destroy. And so, thankfully, what this election proved, once we get past all the cheating, is that most people in this <laughs> once people in country... Once we get past the cheating... Yeah, well... I mean, come on, I've had 138,000 votes come in. All Unbelievable yeah. in Michigan. Yeah, and you've got five standard deviations of voter turnout above and beyond what was normal in Wisconsin. I mean, you've, you've done plenty of shows on this, and you've had your experts on, and I won't beat that to death. But what we did learn is in a fair election, most Americans are not embracing this, this radicalism. Unfortunately... This very motivated and ideological group has infiltrated some pretty key parts of our society. And I, used to, I, I call them the mob. The, 
the mob has invaded the media. I mean, you're one of the rare guys yeah. out there who's speaking on the other side. I'm not really media. I don't come from a customized uh, you know, media background, communications and journalism. I come from the private sector. But that is the problem is uh, people have been taught how to tailor the uh, media to go ahead and carry an agenda without them actually knowing that they're doing it. So I think it's a, a lot of it has to do with awareness and which side of the check that you've signed. <laughs> you named it on the check. What happened with Fox News? Fox News used to offer at least some balance. Now they've gone over to the other side. Yeah. And I, I got to tell you, this is, you heard me yesterday with uh, Jimmy Fela and, uh, right. you know, they don't have answers internally. And we have to also remember whether it's Cavuto or Kilmeade right. or Fela, like these are employees uh, that are being run by agenda from the very top. And who's leading the board for Fox News? Paul Ryan, Donna Brazil, right. and a lot of people who work for the Biden campaign. Right. I mean, it couldn't have been more, any more clear on CNN, which we knew anyway, but their reporters were weeping on election night when they thought Biden was going to win. Tears of joy. But, yeah, they couldn't believe it. There's not even a thought of objective journalism anymore. They're, they're really propagandists posing as journalists. Can you imagine if we had our sports commentators who are rooting for one team or the other? <laughs> well, Can you imagine National if Troy, Troy Aikman and, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Buck... Uh, right. Uh, Joe Buck, we're sitting there saying, well, I just really want the Chiefs to win. Right, that was exactly. a terrible play. Oh, people would be clicking off all over the country. I don't listen to these guys. I try to make that point to people. I'm like, uh, you know, like, <laughs> that's exactly who these people are. <laughs> so we all know the media story and, and how far gone it is. But the mob also, and we know this story too, they infiltrated education. And even though it's a minority, they have chosen these centers of gravity and influence that you know, are enough to spark social rage and eventually violence. And so, I mean, we know this. We've basically got Marxists in our universities who are tra training these kids up. And if you want to get an A, you, you better write a paper that the, the professor agrees with. And so you get rewarded for embracing the new woke religion of whatever the left is pushing out. I want to call them the left. It's the far left, the progressives. Um, anyway. We all know that story, too. Now they've even gone so far as to say, we're going to infiltrate science and history and mathematics and all of this through the lens of critical race theory. Wait, I mean, since when did mathematics become racist or cultural? When, when does one side benefit more than the other? When two plus two equals four or you know, five times eight equals 40? Oh, no, no, that, that, that's not right. It's what we say it is. So... The whole foundation of the left and their principles is there's no foundation. It's whatever we say it is at whatever, whatever point in time. And for those of you out there who are still, yeah, I want to use the word liberal. Liberal used to mean something good. Liberal was you believed in freedom. You believed in liberty of man. You believed in individuality. You believed in the tenets of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Of course, that's all been changed. But if you're on the far left and you're listening to this, don't think that if your side wins, that you're safe. At some point, if you're not within the orthodoxy exactly as they say, and even in your past life, you weren't in the orthodoxy, which is now you know, given to be true, you're in danger. And this is what the communists found you know, in the Soviet Union in the early days. It was, oh, well, you know, well, how was there with Trotsky? Well, yeah, Trotsky's the enemy now. And so off to the gulag you go. And so this is, this is the, the danger of the left. And I have heard Republicans say, well, 
maybe it's better if Trump loses this time, then we'll win really big in, you know, 2022, and we'll take the House, we'll take the Senate, because they'll go too far, and then we'll win. And you've got to be careful when you say stuff like that. If you'd said that in 1917 about the communists, but yeah, you had to wait 70 years for that thing to fall. And if they institutionalize, and they will, the voter fraud and the cheating and the inability to message another message outside of their truth, no, don't think it's a given that two years later you can take it all back and therefore you should lose now. No, we have to fight right now. There, there's too much at stake. I think it's really important to understand that every single election we have to challenge, and the great thing about our president right now is that he is fighting that. And in doing so, maybe he doesn't win. Right. I believe absolutely he does win. Me too. Um, but the ability to expose the problems in the election process is part of his leadership. So him fighting rather than laying down and saying, yeah, we'll let the media, we'll let the mob, we'll let you know public opinion drive this whole thing from the outside, even if it's unmeasured. Uh, he's not allowing that to happen. I think that that's really important to make sure that we have a fair, I guess you could say democracy, but a fair republic. Right. Okay, so we, the mob has infiltrated the media and education, and now science, history, and mathematics, apparently. The concerning thing to me in my world is what's happening with major corporations. I mean, you can't watch Disney now or the NFL without or commercials about men's razors without getting some political message shoved down your throat. And none of us ever wanted to watch a baseball game thinking there was some politics to the infield fly rule. But, but this, is, this is what it's come to. And then people say, well, it's the, you know, those Republicans supporting you know, the big businesses. And you're not looking at the facts. Wall Street gave five times the amount of money to Joe Biden that they gave to Donald Trump. Five times. Wait, to, to the Democrat that's for the working man, that's for the little guy, no, 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 no. We're back to the Rome example. The power moves up to the top. Those who are in power want to stay in power, and they want to consolidate power. And what Wall Street was telling you was, if we get Joe Biden, that's our guy. He's the one who's going to entrench us either as the tech giant or as the software giant or as the merchandising giant. Well, whatever it's going to be, we are going to lock in our power and we will prevent any competition coming up from underneath, we need to give to this guy. Now, I think they were absolutely stunned at how popular Trump was. And I think the issue that happened on election night was, whoa, we are so far behind. We are going to have to do things that are, that are so far outside the norm of generating votes to flip this election that we are going to leave a trail but we're going to have to call on our allies to, to cover this thing because this isn't three or 4,000 dead people voting where we all wink, wink, nod, nod, what a funny story, ha-ha. I mean, this was hundreds of thousands of votes to try to change you know, four or five states. And if we get to the point where Milwaukee and Philadelphia and Atlanta and Detroit, where four corrupt cities can sway a national election, where we basically lose our right, we lose our right to vote because our vote will be meaningless if they can generate as many votes as they want wherever they want and it will never be questioned then then why vote now we have lost the republic and so yes we, we have to fight and by the way realize how important this is 
again, this idea of if we lose, we'll come back two years from now. You're not keeping track of how motivated that mob is to get you. I mean, Twitter, Twitter right now is a it's a blaze with activists who are launching accountability projects. I mean, you've heard about this. I mean, databases archiving the supporters, the donors, the staffers for Republican campaigns or even libertarian campaigns because they're not on board with the new agenda that's going to take us to the new and bright America where we rule everything and you just do what we say. And, you know, they're talking about targeting people. You know, if we substituted the word Jews in here or African-Americans or Hispanics, people would be outraged. But, but instead, they're, they're boldly saying these things. And you hear these activists saying, hey, look, be careful. We've got a list. You've got a list. I mean, that's, that's, that's Nazi Germany stuff, guys. You've got to be so careful. And by the way, if you think, oh, that's just one lame person out there tweeting her view and it doesn't mean anything, you'll see tens of thousands of likes after that kind of tweet comes out. Anyway. That's insane, isn't that? Yeah. For them, how about the lack of self-awareness on a part of the left to not understand their fascist dictates that are coming from them, despite the fact that they have been saying, we're Antifa, we're the anti-fascist. Uh, i got to tell you that we're seeing this whole thing regenerate exactly the way that it did uh, back in uh, 1920. Right. And so that's another sign that your, your country, your empire, your nation is in decline. When political opponents want to punish you, or, you know, losing, <laughs> or then you're, you're just in deep trouble. This, this will lead to that, I call it a rolling civil war. This isn't going to be like the civil war of the 1860s, where you had the Mason-Dixon line, and on one side you have the north, one side you have the south, and you had battles with armies and so on. You're going to see, I don't know, strong men rise up within communities on both sides, and you're going to have internal fighting in the urban areas. You're going to have it spread out into the suburbs and out into the country. This is going to be a nation like you had with Rome when the society turned on itself because it had become so polarized as a result of bad economics, bad policies, um, politicians who cared only about their careers and nothing about the nation anymore. And it was how much of the empire can we pluck and take out before it, it falls apart? And this is what you can see kind of starting to form here, or what they, the left wants to form here. And the right is saying, whoa, 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 we don't want any part of this. We didn't want to believe it. And so a lot of people are still in denial on this. No, no, this can never happen here. Even what's happening right before your very eyes in a lot of cities, well, that can never happen here. Well, yeah, it can and then once you come out of the denial phase, it is like those, what, Kubler-Ross, you know, symptoms that people get first denial. And then you have, what, bargaining. Well, if we do this, we do that, we do this. It'll all be okay. We can all get along. It's very clear the far left is not going to allow you to get along unless you come completely over to their side, which is always changing. Anyway, the next step you'll get to once you realize bargaining is not going to work is you're going to get angry. Yeah, <laughs> like yesterday. Yeah. With the additional... Uh, restrictions coming from the governor. Right. And now here comes the quiet, silent majority starting to rise up. And that then has to be met by the left with ever-increasing control and violence. 
So if the left has at its disposal the instruments of power within the state, the police, the military, the National Guard, that will be the force they will use. If, however, they don't have it at their disposal, they are still the minority. They know they'll have to retreat back to their holes and wait for another day to fight. Anyway, once you get past anger, people are going to start, get, you get to that depression stage. What has happened to our country? How could this be? How could we have ended up here? And eventually you get to acceptance. Okay, what, what, what do we do now? The problem with this process is it's not just an internal fight that we all see on the news every night. There is an external component where the rest of the world is watching you and your enemies are watching you. And this is what happened to Rome as well. As the Romans turned on each other, it wasn't long before the Vandals and the Barbarians and these other groups, the Parthians, all say, hey, here's our chance. They're at each other's throats. And so now you start dealing with enemies within and with enemies without. And it, and it all comes from this breakdown of, I believe it comes down, breakdown of your ethics, your morality, civic-mindedness, the things that built your empire, things that built your nation are discarded. Interested in the with opportunism and corruption and entitlement. That is what has to be reversed, and I'm talking too much. So No, I think that uh, you're right on point. Uh, Greg, I know yesterday, you know, with the things that came in from uh, the governor, a lot of people are getting frustrated, and we see this sort of uh, move towards power. And I, if you don't mind me just editorializing here for a second uh, from the standpoint of, well, yesterday we have additional restrictions. We have a governor who's kind of checked out. We had Howie Morales, who's who basically introduced himself uh, to the public right. here four weeks ago. And I'd like for you to kind of drill down instead of making this federal and just uh, talk about things here locally here for a second. Um, we've got about, uh, I don't know, uh, six or seven minutes to address that. But uh, we've got a real problem, in, and we haven't talked much since the, the, the election. We got our you-know-what's handed to us. It didn't look good, but how does it change the uh, balance of power? How does it change, um, if indeed Michelle Lujan Grisham uh, checks out, how does it change power overall, the structure in the state of New Mexico, should she pick up and uh, decide to move on? We know that she's ruled with an iron fist within the party. Right. Uh, she's ruled it with an iron fist uh, outside and uh, amongst us uh, here in our state. Uh, how does you know her control of the state of New Mexico uh, change? That's a real interesting question. So let's look at it a couple of ways. First, always keep in mind that centralized power leads to more corruption and less accountability. The more centralized the power, the more corrupt your society is going to be, and it will filter down. If the leader at the top is corrupt, to think that this won't filter down through the bureaucracy, then filter down through the other agencies, and filter down into everyday life with people, that's not reasonable. That is what happens. The, the character of the leader will percolate down to the people. So on the one hand, I think, I think there are a lot of Democrats who would be happy to see her go. They have not liked the heavy-handedness. They have not liked being told what to do, the pointy finger in the chest, and it's my way or the highway. And they have resented this consolidation of power at the top. Meanwhile, if she leaves... Huh, that's a pretty big prize if you could then get to take over that position and all the power that comes with it that has now been institutionalized. Well, the governor gets to do this, and the legislature just sits back and it can't do anything. 
And so I think you're going to see all kinds of infighting with, within the Democrat Party to achieve that vaunted position that she has now carved out even more power, I'd say even more power than Richardson did. And I'm not sure she could have done it without COVID, but man, she, she was an opportunist. She saw her chance. Do the Republicans uh, at this point feel a little bit of sigh of relief um, or we're going to the legislature, it still is what it is, should she decide to go ahead and pick up and move out of her governorship? Uh, how does it impact people outside of the Democrat Party and the Republicans, the opposing party? Well, I think the, the Republicans, I think it's what you just said. I think there are mixed feelings on this. Some are good, glad to get rid of her. It can't be any worse with who we get next. Well, yes, it can. But we don't. Republicans don't have any power right now within the state anyway, so we're just bystanders. Bystanders. What, what we have got to present is an alternative message on how to govern, that it doesn't have to be this top-down, concentrated power at the top, and what I say goes in this rather totalitarian view of governance. If we offered the opposite, as we push power down, as we trust you and your local communities to have more power, I think that could actually sell Democrats. There are lots of Democrats who would like to have more say in what's going on and not have to bow down to the queen or the king up in, up in Santa Fe. I think that's the message we're going to have to put forward as an alternative to what has, what has clearly taken over in the state of New Mexico and what is also clearly not working. The advantage will be <laughs> if we end up with the economic problems that have been decades in the making, the promises and the ability to control from the top will be severely limited. The resources to hold this kind of thing together start to diminish. And it will be by necessity, you're going to have to start pushing power and money and responsibility down where things are more efficient and better run because you won't be able to do it from the top. And so it's hard to, you know, to say, hey, look, an economic downturn could be a really good thing to try to get a reset in the state of New Mexico to move away from what we've become. But I think that is a possibility two years from now, if we message that kind of thing, I think it would sell. I know that the election hasn't been called. It's not going to be called at the very earliest until right around Thanksgiving, maybe November 20th at the very earliest. Uh, I know AAP has, has called it. But Michelle Lujan Grisham, our governor, which has a state that's been pretty much in disarray, economic, now social, in addition, in addition to the restrictions uh, that are now here as we go through the holidays and the, and the worst of all this, uh, I just have to ask you, what is her frame of mind and how is she thinking about power? And I'm sure she's already measuring the curtains up right. in Washington, <laughs> D.C. How is she thinking about power within the Biden administration? Oh, I think it's a stepping stone for her to think, well, I'm still young. If I do a good job as a secretary of health and human services, I make a name for myself. I ingratiate myself within the Democrat Party. I have all the check marks, you know, all the boxes checked. You know, why not choose me for vice president next time, particularly if, if Biden loses. I mean, if Biden wins, excuse me, Biden wins, but then Biden passes away. Well, okay, now you have to have a new vice president. And, you know, what better than two strong women leading the nation? Uh, I think she's thinking like that. I think it is everything. If you want to look at the, the, the central thought throughout her career it's always been, what's next for me? What's next for me? What do I need to do to advance to the next level, irrespective of what it does to the people around me or 
or the people I govern. And that's the only thing I can make sense of as this COVID thing has played out where everything she has thought would work has not worked and yet she refuses to shift course because maybe she assumes that would be a sign of failure, a sign of weakness, but also because it does not fit the the zeitgeist, the, uh, the theme of the Democrat Party that we're a party of control. And if you start releasing control, you're not one of us. So I think she's just been establishing her credentials. Look, I'm one of you. I'm a control person. And you can trust me. I will support anything that will lead to more control and more top-down control by those elites in power. Meanwhile, all saying that we're for the little guy. I mean, it's the biggest deception you can imagine. I can only imagine that uh, at this point that what we suffer from most in the state of New Mexico is a lack of leadership. Well, everybody is uh, just positioning themselves uh, for future right. endeavors. Uh, the people here of the state of New Mexico continue to suffer. Greg, I appreciate you being here as always. We appreciate the insight. How can people get a hold of you? Uh, my number is 250-3754. Or you can just go to my website, ZanettiFinancial.com. There we go. Thanks, All right, friend. folks. So we'll see everybody bright and early, 4 p.m. Monday afternoon, right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM. Let me be your